Holly G with the Golf Insiders, the first round of the second leg of the PGA Tour playoffs is underway after a very exciting finish on Monday at Liberty National, where, as many of you who listen to my show know, Tony Finau, I've been betting on him for probably since his last win in 2016. But uh, so exciting to see him break through, and we're going to go straight to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com to break it down. Bob, good morning. Hello, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, you were there. They got that torrential rain from the hurricane-slash-tropical storm that hit New Jersey. Uh, amazing that they got that rounded on Monday. Uh, give me your uh, assessment on, on how it all played out. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look good. I mean, it rained all day Sunday, uh, never stopped. Over Sunday night, it rained into Monday. You know, they kept pushing the start back. They finally started at 1130, um, and that in itself was a little bit remarkable. I mean, because it was still raining into the morning. Um, the course is on a landfill, so it drains well. They have sub-air. That, all that helps. Obviously, they had ground screw people working through the night. You know, they they needed to get the bunkers re restored. It's a minor miracle that they got it done. Uh, to have to go into Tuesday would have been rough. Um, it's it's a tough enough schedule as it is right now, and then to to have had to stay over to Tuesday and then you know starting right up again on Thursday not not ideal. So um, they I, I think they made the best of a really tough situation. Yeah, and clearly so much on the line for these players. 70 players advanced. This isn't a tournament that you could cut to 54 holes. And uh, apparently uh, Commissioner Monahan put out, uh, you know, the, the edict, I guess, that they were going to play 72 holes no matter what. Yeah, and, you know, that's why I think they're fortunate they got it done. He did that on Sunday night in the middle of the tournament and you know guys played on Saturday thinking there was a possibility it could end after 54 holes and you know to change, they kind of changed the rules midstream like that I think um, that was risky and the fact that um, that it worked out they got it all in on Monday good but but had they had a situation where they would have had to revert, revert to 54 and then didn't um, you know, still, guys guys took their chances with doing that, knowing that there could be Monday golf, and so it all worked out. But in the end, you know, you're, you're kind of like you're changing the rules in the middle there, and uh, um, uh, it's, uh, that's dicey. Uh, and I understand why, why he felt that way, but, I mean, they probably needed to have that rule going into the tournament. And, I mean, now it's the same for this week and next week. They're – they're not going to do anything where if half the field doesn't finish, they're going to revert to the previous day. They're going to try to get it in, which makes sense. But changing it in the middle was a little bit controversial. Yeah, I, I imagine. Uh, but, again, these are the playoffs. They're a subset in their own. So much on the line for so many players. It would really seem unfair in many ways to end it after 54 holes. Uh, you know, particularly with the eye on the big prize, the FedEx Cup, 
uh, bonus at Eastlake, which will uh, be played next week in Atlanta. So quickly, Bob, uh, it looked like John Rahm was, you know, in, in a little bit of cruise control heading into the back nine, really surprised to see that he didn't get it done. Yeah, I am a little surprised. Uh, uh, you know, he seemed to have, you know, I think he had a two-shot lead with eight, seven, eight holes to go. He was still in the lead with four to go. Um, and, uh, you know, he didn't birdie the 16th, which was a fairly easy birdie hole. And, and then, uh, you know, things got rough for him there on 17. I just uh, a little surprising cause, because he's been playing so well and he's been so solid. And I wouldn't call it anything major. It's a little blip, you know. He's still, he's still what finished third, and he kept us alive this amazing streak of summer golf, where he's just sort of been in contention every time he's played. Uh, so all that's fine, and that's why I sort of like him this week. I think, you know, when he when he gets a little annoyed, things get even, uh, you know, he gets even even better. So, but I, you know, I'd also say that it was more Tony stepping up too. Absolutely. You know, Tony, Tony didn't have it handed to him. You know, he he stepped up and, and that and, that you know, eagle made, on thirteen, that shot he hit, all world. Yeah. yeah, you know, and he had a tough putt on eighteen. He needed to make, and and then you know, obviously, you know, he got the ball in play on on the in the playoff, and and Cam Smith didn't, and so that's part of it. You know, you put pressure on your opponent, so. Um, I think of the credit goes to him on this, and uh, and and John Rahm. You know, he still shot a, a good final round, and and uh, but uh, uh, I, I guess I'd still say I'm a little surprised he didn't close it out. But I also feel like Tony did what he had to do. Five years and 142 tournaments. Uh, my man finally broke through, and, and uh, I'm sure a very popular win. He has just been hunting around the top of the leaderboard, had so many opportunities, Bob. So, you know, look look out. Here comes Tony. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's hope that this means that uh, he, he snags a few more. Um, I think that's what we've all been waiting for. And, you know, maybe this gives him the confidence to get it done. I mean, he putted really nicely, and that's sort of been the thing that has, has held him back at times. You know, um, you look back on a couple of tournaments. You know, he lost in a playoff to Webb Simpson in Phoenix last year. He lost in a playoff to Homa at uh, Riviera this year. You know, he kind of had those tournaments. He certainly, he certainly was in position in the first playoff hole at Riviera and wasn't able to, to finish it off. So, you know, he's had some moments where, he, you know, where it was on him. He's also had some moments where people, you know, stepped up and beat him. It's been a kind of a mixture of everything that's kept him from winning again. I mean, I don't know what it was, 30 top tens he's had. Incredible. In period. Incredible. Um, so, and, you know, he's maintained a very high world ranking without winning. So that says something about his consistency and his ability to finish high, you know, because you don't really get a lot of world ranking points if you're outside of the top ten. You know, the big points are in the top ten and really in the top five. And so, you know, the fact that he has been able to hover around 10, 15 in the world uh, for most of this period, you know, sort of shows his consistency. Well, and to not get discouraged, uh, you know, he – just seems to 
have such a good temperament, obviously such a great attitude. And uh, Steve Stricker's got to love this coming into uh, the Ryder Cup. A few other pieces of breaking news before I get your quick thoughts on the BMW Championship. Patrick Reed recovering from bilateral pneumonia in a Houston hospital. He's out of the BMW. Yeah, and, you know, I think this puts his Ryder Cup in doubt um, because he's not going to make the team on his own. And if he doesn't play the Tour Championship, which he might not even be eligible, depending on how many guys move ahead of him, um, that puts Stricker in a tough spot. You know, um, having having missed four tournaments, he was expected to play. You know, he, he, he had added Greensboro at the last minute, then pulled out, and he didn't play Northern Trust due to an ankle injury. Then during that week, he's, he gets pneumonia, is hospitalized. And can you imagine in Texas getting in a hospital room with all this going on in the world? No. Um, my my first thought was, was it COVID? Yeah, I mean, we don't know. I mean, it's a fair question to ask. Uh, but if it wasn't, the fact that he got a hospital bed suggests that it was serious. You know, either way, it wasn't good. And, you know, if I understand the, the terminology correctly, that means he had it in both lungs. Both lungs. And uh, for a guy his age, you know, that's um, that would seemingly be rare. And, you know, that's not that easy to bounce back from. You know, like he's going to have some, you know, he's going to have some respiratory issues here for a few weeks. I understand he's out, um, you know, so that's good news. Uh, and, you know, he's going to have to regain his strength and all that. So, I mean, I don't know. That puts the Ryder Cup in a – the, the, the Tony Finau playing his way on and now Reed's situation, I think, makes that a very, very tough call. You know, a week ago at this time, I would have thought Reed was a lock for the Ryder Cup. You know, a, a, a lock to be a pick. Yes. Now I think that is much more debatable. And, you know, you got to be careful because there's other guys now who, who, who are, you know, sort of, there's a lot of guys we can be talking about for those spots. And, uh, and it's, it's not going to be an easy decision, I don't think. Or maybe it is. Maybe it makes Stricker's decision really easy. Yeah, I was, maybe he I was just thinking says, that. Maybe he just says, you know what, this is, you know, he need, you know, he, he needed to have a good run here at the end. He's not able to do it. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the guys who've been playing. So that's the other side of it. So the other news, which uh, I think uh, raised some eyebrows, is – Bryson DeChambeau accepting an invitation to com- compete in the Long Drive competition. <laughs> yeah. Say what? I love, I love that except for the fact that it's the day after the Ryder Cup. Exactly. Am I not? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's that Monday. Yep. September and, 27th. Right. So is that a good idea? I mean, like, you got to get ready to try to hit the ball like that, you know. And I, you could say, well, you know, Bryson does that anyway. Well, I don't know. He does and he doesn't. Yeah, he's trying to crush drivers, but, you know, he's also working on other parts of his game. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see it. I think it's great in that regard. I just hate the timing of it, you know, because. And it's a distraction it's so, to me, Bob. It's it, a distraction. Yeah, I mean, it, at some point between now and then, 
he's got to get on a range and really work hard on hitting it far. Without, a, without you know, and in those long drive contests, obviously there's a field of play you have to keep it within, but it's usually much wider than a fairway. You know, at least it seems like it is. It's, it's wider than the type of fairway you're going to see in professional golf. Yes. So you're kind of just getting up there and vomiting it, which is not what you're going to want them to do in the Ryder Cup. You know, I mean, yeah, sure, certain holes, but there's got to be some control, too. You know, so this is that's why it's interesting to me. If it were two weeks later, great. I mean, I think it's great anyway with that asterisk. I mean, you know, when's he going to work on this? How, how might it impact his Ryder Cup prep? You know, look, I think it was sort of trending towards him only playing three matches anyway in the Ryder Cup. So maybe it's not a big deal. I, I can't imagine putting him in alternate shot when you've got so many other, like, precision iron players like JT and Morikawa and Shoffley. Those those guys are going to be your horses in alternate shot. So I don't see them using, and, and you know, even even uh, Cantlay or, or uh, Webb Simpson were to make it. I can't see Bryson being an alternate shot. He's a best ball guy. So maybe it doesn't matter as much because you're going to want him to try to be blasting it down there to make birdies, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's ball. But still, um, uh, uh, you know, he's uh, he's going to make the team. So, so you know, Stricker, you know, maybe this makes his decision easier. Absolutely no way does he play best uh, alternate shot now if he was even thinking about it. And who's, who's the best partner for best ball? That's what he's got to be be uh, thinking about so that's a very intriguing thing there that came about here this week yeah absolutely um speaking of intriguing uh what is up with bryson not talking to the media bob he's getting yeah, some I mean, you know yeah, he's getting yeah. some harsh criticism out there from some of the boys in the tent i mean he has but he also said what he said you know and I do think that part of this is shooting the messenger. You know, back in Memphis, he said what he said about getting COVID, you know, before the Olympics. He said what he said about the vaccines, which was wrong. And, you know, that was pointed out. It would be negligent to not point out that that was a misstatement. And, you know, that was one misstatement. And then and then he, he threw out, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. You could get it if you're vaccinated or not. Well, you know, the evidence suggests that it's unvaccinated people who are getting it mostly. Yes, of course, vaccinated people can get it, too. We've seen that. But the numbers are much lower. The breakthrough cases are a very small percentage. So, you know, he he's mad that he's getting criticized for saying things that were wrong. You know, and sure, did some people take it too far? Probably. You know, there was a lot of social media blowback too. You know, there yes. he got he got it he got some negative negativity in the media that wasn't. I don't think it was uh, fair. You know, I mean, I think I think most of it was fair. I think there was some that maybe pushed the envelope a little bit. He gets that anyway. You know, he got that for the caddy thing, and you know, for the the statements he made about his equipment. Uh, the open, so you know, but I think to not now talk at all because 
because he's being criticized for something that he said that's not true uh, is, a, is a little unfortunate. You know, and the thing, the crazy thing is, is he had plenty of supporters. He had plenty of people on social media saying, hey, good for him. It's his decision. You know, that kind of stuff, which, of course, is where we are right now. There's a lot of people that believe that. Fine. You know, but that doesn't make his statements correct about the vaccine and about whether or not you could get it either way. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's been two tournaments now where he hasn't talked. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I, that can't go on. You know, that's just not – a guy of his, of his stature and profile, I think, you know, we need to hear from him. And if he wants to just keep it to golf questions, that's his prerogative. So, supposedly the – Brooksy Bryson feud is uh, is getting tabled, according to Steve Stricker. Won't be spilling into the team room at the Ryder Cup. <laughs> what do well, you say? I, I agree. I, I I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Um, Too much being made out of this, Bob. Well, I mean, in relation to the Ryder Cup, I think so. Um, you know. I think it's a misnomer that everybody on the European side has always been best buddies. They just put it aside that week. You know, Sergio, Sergio and, uh, and, uh, and, and Padraig Harrington were never friendly. You know, um, there have been other instances. I'm guessing Monty and guys like uh, Longer and, and uh, well, later than that, say, uh, uh, Olaf Abel and people, I don't know that they were all friendly, but they put it aside that week, you know, and I think Tuck and, and DeChambeau can too. I mean, it's very unlikely they would be paired together. So, you know, and there's 12 of them with caddies and spouses and, and PGA officials. Um, they don't, they don't even have to be near each other, frankly. And let's be honest in this climate, I'm not sure anybody should be indoors together that much. You know, uh, that's an, that's another issue going to the Ryder Cup, you know. Yeah, what what's, ha- what's happening there? Even, you know, we know that it was right up to the end, touch and go last year. Ryder Cup is, you know, like a Super Bowl event in terms of the fans that come out. And it's it's literally like being on, in a stadium hole by hole because you got so many people packed in just watching a few groups. What? How are they going to control the crowd? I don't know. I, they haven't really said. I mean, I think there's these, there's some questions that need to be answered here around the first of the month. You know, are you going to require – You gonna? I, I don't think they're going to require people to be vaccinated. I, I mean, they might use that as a way and then say if you're not vaccinated, you'll need, you'll need to be tested. Um, you know, it's possible. Uh, it's getting late, though, to not say anything about that. I'm curious about the players. I mean, they're no longer testing them on the PGA Tour. It's not a PGA Tour event, but, you know, could they test the players? Would they test the players? Would they bring alternates? Um, a lot of that stuff, I think, that needs to be vetted and discussed. I mean, uh, yes, it's an outdoor event, um, but we're seeing outdoor events around the country where they are, you know, football, college, some college football, not University of Florida, unfortunately, 
But, like, you know, LSU and some places are requiring uh, vaccination or testing before they'll let you in, you know. And knowing how passionate people are about the Ryder Cup, look, it's too late to get vaccinated in time if you haven't done it. So they're, so I think I don't think they can require that. Um, in fact, in, in, in a state like Wisconsin, I doubt that they, they would. They, I, I don't think it, it could pass muster, but – but they could require testing, you know, within 48 hours of entry or 72 hours, which might mean you'd have to be tested more than once, you know. Um, uh, it's uh, I, it's all up in the air. I mean, they've not said anything about us, about the media, you know. So I don't know. I just think it's, it's uh, uh, you know, I, I think there's also a school of thought that, hey, look, if you're vaccinated, you're, you know, you're, you're very unlikely to get sick. You take precautions to keep from getting it, and the vac- you know the unvaccinated are sort of on their own. Of course, you know there's another side of that, which is you know then they run the risk of spreading it to a lot of other people. So that's a tough one. You know that is a tough one. I'm, I'm very curious to see what comes of all that. Uh, we will uh, stay tuned. So finally, the first round of the BMW Championship being played at Caves Valley Golf Club outside Baltimore, Maryland, uh, a new venue for the BMW. We're down to 70 players. Uh, who's, your, who's your pick? Who you got your eyes on? Well, I really do like Rom. I mean, I just think that, uh, especially on a course where there's no advantage, really, because people don't know it, and as well as he's been playing, and I'm guessing he's going to have a little bit of you know, there's going to be a little bit of that fire after letting last week's tournament get away. Um, you know, uh, he did win this event last year, of course, at a different course. Um, but uh, I just sort of, I just sort of like him. And then, you know, I'm very curious around that top 30 spot. You know, how many guys move in? You know, sometimes there's a bunch, sometimes not too many. You know, so. Um, that can be very, very different depending on how those guys play, you know, and also how the guys play who are with right within the top 30. And like I mentioned, I believe Reed is 26, so he's vulnerable. You know, he's not going to earn a single point this week. Normally, he would have at least earned something if he were playing. So. Um, and you've got Rory sitting at 28. Yeah, yeah, you know, Rory needs to, you know, Roy would do himself some good to have a decent week. And, of course, he just spoke about being out of gas, which I think isn't, you know, maybe didn't come off great, but is certainly understandable. I mean, this is the problem when you have this kind of schedule, you know. Well, uh, I mean, I get tired thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I hear you. And we've called it a super season for a reason on the PGA Tour this year. Bob, always appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, we're down to uh, the last two weeks here, and it's pretty exciting. Is uh, The race to the FedEx Cup is uh, just another week away. Thank you so much. Bob Herrick, ESPN.com.